Nazis wore robes. Well, are they stormtrooper about them? Do they come over their face no! and have black eyes and <laughs> stop them from shooting well? Or? Hey, maniacs. Hey, maniacs. <laughs> You kind of broke that down by syllables. Yep. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And this is Midsummer Maniacs, a comedy recap podcast dedicated to the ITV series Midsummer Murders. Each week we dig into the episode of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. This week we're talking about season 15, episode two, Murder of Innocence. And uh, just a warning off the top, if you like episodes that aren't actually the best episode... If you let yeah. your kids watch TV with a lot of plot holes and plot issues, then yeah. they can listen to this they can podcast. Listen to the podcast. Maybe it'll help them. Maybe. <laughs> we need help after this episode. Woo, doggy. <laughs> this is not a traveler's episode, but it's I would say this is bottom ten percent. Yeah. But even the worst midsummer episode, the way that it's bad is fun in a way that only midsummer can be fun. And there are a lot of pieces here that are fun and interesting, but... They just don't hang together all that well. They just don't gel. But we're going to have fun with it anyway. Yes. Before we dive into it, two things. One is that Mark and I, we, we were on the Love Joy Actually podcast, which is a recap podcast about Love Joy. Yep. We had those ladies on our show. We were also on their show. And their episode with us as their guests, if you want to listen to it, came out on June 16th. It's called Chekhov's Trouser Press or the Broken Sword. Double-edged sword. Double-edged sword, sorry, episode. And that's um, Lovejoy, actually. They're really fun. If you like Lovejoy, it's well worth listening to, of course. Absolutely. And we're going to put a a note in the show notes of where you can find that. With a link to it. Yep. The second thing, just a quick reminder off the top, is that we only have four episodes left with Jones. Just four. Season 15 only has six episodes. Only four more Ben Jones episodes. Well, kind of. Remember, he does return yeah, later but, on. Yeah, but not as the sidekick. No, but he returns as Ben Jones, and he's all rough and tumble. But just appreciate him while you can. That's yep. all I'm saying. Yep. Not that the other sergeants are bad. Jones is my favorite. Jones is my favorite, too. Yeah. Also, if you have ideas for merchandise, we're still collecting those. Yep. All right. Give us the lowdown on this episode because we need to dive into all these problems. Okay. Filmed in November and December 2011. They're cold in this episode. Mm-hmm. I noticed that a number of times. Yeah. Broadcast date is the 21st of March, 12, uh, 2012. 5.6 million views. This is the lowest rated view show, I think. In in the whole series. Oh. I think so. Yeah. It's almost like some people watched it and said, it wasn't very good. So other people didn't watch it. Um, I watched the trailer for it, and the trailer really didn't Didn't give do you, it any favors. Didn't do it any favors. <laughs> Directed by Rennie Rye, who's done a bunch of them, mm. and written by Steve Trafford. Right off the bat, this... Okay, so the last episode, we talked about the Dark Rider. That's the one with the Headless Horseman... And the twin brothers, Toby and Julian. And when I started rewatching that episode, I hadn't watched it in, like in a long time. And in my head, I had it that at the end, the twin that was alive was actually pretending to be the other one. Yes. Right? That, in fact, it had been Toby who was killed, but now Julian was going to go on pretending to be Toby. I remember us talking about that. That's really what I thought happened. And when it didn't happen, I'm like, why did I think that? And I think it's because of this episode. I can see Because that. I was confusing the plots of the old switcheroo, that there's a switcheroo in this episode. But it really would have been better if they'd done it in the last episode, where they were actually twins. I also thought I was pleased when we did Oblong Murders. That the get the death of the guy in London who has infinitely more style than Giles Harrison in this episode was 
I thought that was in this episode. That the guy killed in London was in this yes. episode. Yes, I can see that. I can see that. But no. There, there is kind of a trope in Midsummer of the kind of tall, mostly bald, white-haired, tweed-wearing, professional or gentry guy. Yep. <laughs> like like the, the guy in the episode with the, the tailors who has his own tweed. Yes. That guy is that role, too. Yep. You know, totally. He's he's a Giles Harrison. Yep. <laughs> Who gets killed at his doorstep with a syringe to the neck. Yeah, his doorstep, which is farther away from the road than the servant's entrance. Well, he lives in Tudor Cottage. Well, we'll, we'll get to his amazing camera vacuum in a second. But he is one in, in a long line of bodies discovered by cleaning ladies in Midsummer. I have a theory of why they did the vacuum cam. Oh, why did they do the vacuum cam? Because there's something terribly unique or special or identifiable about that house. <laughs> so they could only film from three feet down? Yeah. <laughs> three feet from the floor? Like it may have been not done or something. like Or personal items or, or something. Or wasn't related to that house. At, like, they don't show the rest of the room for a reason. Yeah. So, that's but- what... But they could have done that in lots of ways without vacuum cam. Well, I kind of like vacuum cam. I do too. It's kind of one of the highlights of the episode. I'm kind of like, I'm picturing in my head a cameraman or woman with a big camera because they're rather large cameras, but using it very low to the ground like a vacuum would be and doing like vacuum (laughs) motions like forward and back, you know, and kind of like different angles. Because they definitely didn't, like, tape a camera to the vacuum. They mimicked the motion of the vacuum with a camera, <laughs> which must have been kind of fun. <laughs> and then you get the, the vacuum coming right at the camera. Yep. It's very, <laughs> the editing of it is very strange. It's one of those great vacuums that has, like, a headlight on it. And she would have, like, totally noticed his body. Oh, no, not the... until she almost vacuums him up. <laughs> of course (laughs) so the cold opening has a hooded stranger getting on a bus to Costin. i i think these scenes are well done when they're sitting in the pub you know something's about to happen you see him coming he looks like a former convict you know he doesn't have a whole lot to his name nope He's, they go out of their way. The buses have Costin across the top. And yeah. Every, like, they they definitely go out of their way there. Now, how did the villagers know that he was going to be on that bus? That bus? I don't know. Like, to be there waiting for him as he stepped off the bus. No, they just waited for every bus. Is there only one bus to to Benwell every day. I guess so. And they just waited for every well, bus. They, they do welcome careful drivers, so maybe they're always out there. <laughs> Welcoming new drivers. Careful drivers. Welcome careful driver to Benwell. <laughs> because there's like little to no notice that he's coming, yet they know what bus he's on. Yep. Did you notice the theme was a bit different in this episode? No. Yeah, it's a bit different. I don't know. Exactly how, but it's a little bit different. Oh, well, you're musical, so you notice those things. But the fact that they're all standing there waiting. Now, if he had just been paroled, mm-hmm. I would understand that. Because they have to get notified. The vi- right. Especially if you're on the list. Victims' families would have been notified that he was being paroled and was returning to his family home. And the press, who obviously were interested in this case, since they printed the hit list. Yes. Would have also so been there. Been there. But he was released four years ago. Where has he been for four years? Takes a lot of time to work out and become a fitness trainer. Or it's a really long bus ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it takes four years to get from Scrubs to Benwell. Well, There's so many transfers. It's may- just crazy. Maybe it's that, that far. <laughs> it's just that far. <laughs> you know, England... He had to switch buses a lot. But when he gets off the bus and the crowd's there and he just kind of barrels through them. Yeah. You know, I I kind of feel bad for him for a little bit because that's hard. Well, yeah. Even if he was actually guilty, it would be hard. Well, and everybody this, hates you. This show has done a good job of always giving con- people who have gotten out of jail after conventions second chances. Yeah. 
Saying they've done their time. Yep. Leave them alone. What did you think of Grady's house? Well, the first thing I thought about it was, this is not going to work on a floodplain. <laughs> because the little bridge that you got to walk over to get to the house. Mm-hmm. So is he on an island or across a river? I think there's... Sorry, a creek. I because think there's a, not a river. There's a creek between the road and the house. I hope it doesn't... Or, or a ditch. I hope it doesn't rain. Because yeah. they're in trouble if it rains. Yeah. <laughs> I... I I don't know. In my head, I remembered the house being very, very overgrown, but having some kind of faded grandeur to it. And it doesn't. It's like tin. Yeah. It's like corrugated metal house. It's it's not a very nice house. But I guess it would be a nice plot of land if you cleared that off. Some people would find it quaint to cross a little bridge to get to their door. Maybe. I guess. Not me. Not the movers, I'll tell you that. No. Or builders. It's certainly not as good as Giles's house. No. So Giles is not a lawyer. Not cottage. So, and we know he's a lawyer, and we know he's fancy because he leaves the Coston Country Club. Yes. He has his white scarf on. He's got white tie on. Yes. Yeah. And he takes a cab, and he gets stabbed in the neck with a syringe. Mm-hmm. And then dies of an AMI. Yes. You know what an AMI is? Yes, an AMI An is acute myocardial infarction. Infarction is <laughs> such a great word. It is. It's a fun word. Infarction. So he's a QC. Yes. Which is not just any lawyer. Do you know what a QC is? No. So uh, we, if you're not British or if you're not from the UK... You, You probably get confused like we do between barristers and solicitors and all that good stuff. Um, So a QC is a experienced lawyer who is like a senior. Like a partner in a law firm? No. Um, Almost like uh, a DA, kind of, sort of. Um, Except rather than being like elected or something like that, they are... Chosen by the queen to get this title. Oh. It's an honorary title. And it usually means that you've you've been in service of the law for a while and you've done good work. And so by being a QC, you're now senior counsel and you consult on most cases, unless it's a really big case, in which case you might actually serve as a solicitor or barrister. Okay. Right? Did Rumpel ever make it to QC? No. Okay. No, he was always bottom of the pile. That was always yeah. kind of the joke for him. Yeah. But they are the only members of the court who wear silk gowns. Silk. So when you hear somebody took the silk. Yes. Or the silks are in court. Yeah. That means. The it's QCs. A, it's a big deal. It's the QCs, right? Uh. And so they're. I found this really interesting thing about their robes, okay? <laughs> so their robes are the ones that have the sleeves that stop at the elbow, but then have the piece that hangs down like to your ankle yeah. that comes off of it, but it yeah. doesn't actually go down to your wrist, right? Yeah. And they're the only ones who wear those. And on occasion, they also wear long wigs. Wow. Like when you when you think of like Louis Fourteenth, and you think yeah. of that wig. Those bushy wigs. Not the ponytail no, court the, wigs. The long. But a long white curled wig. Curled wig. Yes. Yeah. Which, wow. which judges can wear sometimes too, depending on the, I don't know, the occasion of the case. Yeah. But in 2008, all of the standardized court gowns, robes, were redesigned. Oh. Okay. In, okay. The, in the UK. Across the UK. Did they get Goche to do it or? No, they got Betty Jackson to do it. Now, you've probably never heard of Betty Jackson. I had definitely heard of Betty Jackson because she designed all of the costumes for both Adina and Patsy and Abfab. Oh, wow. They should be more fabulous than those gowns. And if you've ever watched Abfab, you know their clothes. Yeah. Especially Eddie's. Yeah. Way over the top. Okay. So Betty Jackson is part of this little group that is responsible for redesigning them. And the other ones are kind of judges and feedback. They, they're they not actual judges. They're fashion judges. They're committee. They're committee members, okay. right? To approve what she comes up with in okay. 2008. 
And so they do this big PR thing to release these new designs for legal uh, robes. Yeah. And everybody hates them. Not everybody. All of the members of the court hate them. The judges, the barristers, the solicitors, the clerks, they all hate them. Okay. And (laughs) they compared them to a cross between, and I'm quoting, a Star Trek costume and a fascist fascist stormtrooper's uniform. We are going to have to put pictures of these in the show notes. And as a result... So the high court did a survey um, of judges and 40 out of 104 who were polled voted to abandon the new robes. I won't wear a robe at all. And then the senior judiciary said, if you are a member of the court and you don't like these new robes, you are welcome to submit your own designs. Okay. As input. Yeah. That did not go well. No, I can see that not going well. And when you look at the robes that Betty Jackson designed, they're fine. They, I would guess that if you didn't know they were new, you wouldn't even know they were new. You would go, oh, that's what they wear in court. And these people are legal scholars. They're not fashion designers. No, 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 (laughs) no. Is there a place that shows these designs? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. We'll put that in the show notes, too. But I just love that these senior judiciary members mix up Star Trek and Stormtroopers. Yeah. Like, or is that Star Wars Stormtroopers? Are you talking about, like, Nazi Stormtroopers? or They're probably talking about Nazi Stormtroopers. There's nothing Nazi about them. They're robes. No Nazis wore robes. Well, are they Stormtrooper about them? Do they come over their face no! and have black eyes? <laughs> Stop them from shooting well? Or? No, they're kind of slim-lined instead of being, like, kind of full. They're, like, more modern-looking. And they have bars of color that come from the shoulders down, like, halfway onto the chest on either side of the collar. And those colors indicate sort of rank. So judges have gold ones and solicitors have blue ones. Well, clearly, these are the most disgusting pieces of That's clothing. That's just totally unacceptable. <laughs> just utterly wackadoodle. I think they're cool. But yeah. anyway, I wish I could have found some of the ideas that had been submitted as alternate alternatives by the members of the court, because I think those would have been awesome. Yes. <laughs> it would have been a picture of them wearing their old robes going this. Yeah. This is my suggestion. <laughs> yeah. What I already have. I don't want to buy a new robe. Anyway, I thought it was awesome that the same person who designed the costumes in AbFab also redesigned. Yeah, that's fantastic. Before we get into this episode, we need to clarify how we're going to talk about two people. Yep. There are two people who assume each other, well, not each other's identities, but assume different identities. And there's first Keith Mulroy, who assumes Grady Fenton's, Felton's identity. Okay, back up. Okay. Let's start at the beginning. Okay. Grady Felton used to live in this village. Yes. Was accused of the murder. Of of Daniel Denning. Daniel Denning was sent to prison. Yeah. Where he is then cellmates with a guy named Keith Mulroy. Mulroy. Yeah. Keith Mulroy gets released, then pretends to be Grady. Yes. So that he can go back to the village and sell the family home. For Grady. Yep. While Grady, meanwhile, becomes Gareth, the fitness instructor. Yes. So Gareth... The Randy fitness instructor. So Gareth can go around killing people on his hit list who he thinks have done him wrong. Yes. Without them being able to prove that Grady, who's Mulroy, did it. Right? So, for the purpose of this episode, we are going to refer to the person who returns to the village as Grady. Yep. Though he is, in fact... Mulroy pretending to be Grady. Yes. And we will refer to the person who is the fitness instructor as Gareth, even though he is really Grady. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Cool? Everybody everybody with us? They're nodding. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is this the first neck tattoo on Midsummer? No. I can't tell you when I've seen another one, but it's certainly not. It's a bad one. Neck tattoos are an indicator of you've been through some shit. And you've been to prison. (laughs) Well, and in this case, it's dedication. Yeah. It's it's Mulroy agreeing to be Grady and going all out and actually getting a new neck tattoo so at, that he looks more like Grady. At this point in time, I'm still thinking he's just released from prison because they haven't cleared that up yet. I'm like, where does he get a flashlight? 
Yeah. And what's he been doing for four years? That's what I want to know. Apparently getting plastic surgery. Yeah. And tattoos. I don't know. The other thing we want to cover in this episode is that we both don't like that this is Mother Barnaby episode. I don't. I don't like it when the Barnaby spouse mothers him, whether it was Joyce or Sarah. I don't like that. I don't like the trope of the stupid husband or stupid father. Mm-hmm. Like Homer Simpson is the perfect example yeah. of this. Yeah. I don't like that trope. I don't like when they Homer the Barnabys either. And it's a bit Homery here. Yeah. So we're like, she's like getting in shape and she's trying to get her husband in shape because he has this thing... The fitness test. This fitness test. And then we're like 10 minutes into the episode, maybe. Mm. I take a two-hour detour at this point in time. Before we get to your detour, let's set it up a little bit. So this is the scene where Sarah has come home from her run, and she's super peppy, and she's so in shape. And she's like, oh, you should exercise because you have your fitness test. I'm pleased that she's going to take a shower. So Sarah's been out running. She comes home. She's going to take a shower. I was pleased she was going to take a shower because at first I thought she was not going to take a shower. And I was (laughs) like, lady, you need to take a shower. (laughs) And... And, and John is at their bedroom door and they're talking about his fitness test, right? So there's some artwork on the wall. And so I was like trying to find the artwork. And then the camera turns to Barnaby. And on the wall, I have in my notes, oh my God, stop the f***ing presses. <laughs> Spider-Man! Because there is a gallery of at least... 12 Spider-Man poster covers framed on the wall on the wall above the stairs and we'll include a picture of this in the show notes so you come up the stairs that wall that's behind the stairs the wall next to their bedroom door yeah it has framed Spider-Man amazing Spider-Man covers and if those are actually the comic books and not just reproductions of the covers in those frames that's a lot of money on that wall oh yeah that's hundreds almost thousands of dollars of comic books so it's 34 73 and 85 that you can see for sure that you can see for sure and one of them uh sorry 34 73 and 31 are definitely there i'm glad you made that correction but 85 i just had to take a guess at because it (laughs) sort of looks like 85 i can only think it's the uk variant cover of 85. OMG, that would be so rare. Right? (laughs) People can't see you, but you look like a little kid right now. I'm not a Spider-Man fan, but I'm a comic book fan, so I looked them all up. (laughs) And I think the thing that struck me when you mentioned it, because I didn't notice it, because I was too busy obsessing over something else in this scene that we'll get into in a second. Yeah. But when you told me, I was surprised because that is so specific of a thing to be in their house yeah that has never been mentioned before you would think that would be kind of a a, it would be an important thing i make comics okay i write comics i buy comics all the time yes we have one framed comic on the wall that is it there are at least 12 frames in this little gallery of amazing spider-man and you assumed that they were his i did assume they were his which I is wrong. They could, could have been be her. hers. Could have been hers. But um, it's never been mentioned that either of them is a comic book fan. No, that amazing Spider-Man 31, because it has the first appearance of two very important characters in it, is probably two or three grand. Should not be hanging on the wall above a stairway. Should be locked in a safe. You gotta enjoy it. They could just be covers. They could. I'm assuming they're just covers. Yeah. A reprint of those covers, not the original covers. I was distracted by the death trap. Okay, (laughs) so this is our first time upstairs in this house. Really seeing it. I mean, we've seen the bedroom, but we haven't seen the hallway. And the fact that you come up the stairs from the ground floor to the first or second floor, however you want to put it. And then the stairs split one direction to go to the bathroom and another direction to go to the master. And I think there's another doorway in there somewhere for a second bedroom. But to go from the master to the bathroom, you have to go down three steps, 
over the landing, up three steps, and into the bathroom. So you don't think there's some bathroom, like a little half bath in the master? We're really deep into why would she? Episode. Why would they have a half bath in there? Who has a half bath upstairs? That's for downstairs. Yeah. And clearly they don't because she's using that bathroom to take a shower. She'd be using the bathroom that adjoins their bedroom if there was one. If I got up in the middle of the night and had to go to the bathroom, I would die. Death I would trap. be down those Death stairs in trap. a second. <laughs> The Barnaby death trap. Stumbling down three stairs and up three stairs twice? No. To go to the bathroom and go back to bed? Yeah. There's no way I'd make it both times. You'd have to you would have to put like a bean bag at the bottom of the stairs for me so I could land on it. Yeah. Every night. <laughs> like a, a big inflatable mattress or something at the bottom of the stairs cuz I would wind up in it so often. So there's a plot hole that I want to talk about here right off the top. Okay. Everyone in town hates this guy. Yep. Everyone in town feels that he's horrible. Yep. That they're, he's going to kill them. Yep. All supposedly he wants to do is sell his property and get out of town. Mm-hmm. Why don't they let him? That's a good question. Why do they contact the realtors and say, don't, don't let him list the house with you? Yeah. I would be doing everything to help. We've already cleaned out the weeds and made it look nice for you. I would have been like, we found an can estate we agent offer who can you help. this much money for the house? Yeah. We've, we've raised together a kitty. We're going to buy it. Yeah. Thanks. You don't even need to come. Yeah. We'll take care of it. Yeah. We'll send you the money. But Mark, if they did that, there's no episode. Okay. Now, come on. That's plot hole number one. Charwoman Hoover Cam. <laughs> Oops, I almost sucked up the QC in the vacuum. Oh, he's dead. Ah! It is clearly the first time we've had Hoover Cam. Yeah. And I got obsessed about his doors because I thought they went to a different door. And then I was like, no, this is a servant's entrance. I'm like, well, then where is his entrance? Oh, it's further away from the from the parking lot, from the drive, than the servant's door. And like, oh. You got stuck on that? Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think, when's the last time I had a vacuum that had a headlight on it? It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> that, that Hoover is from like 1964. Well, it works. Yep. It almost sucks up a QC. And the fact that, so Denning and, all right, let's talk about the families. We've got the Gideons and we've got the Dennings. Okay. okay? This is a weird episode because there are two families that don't need to be two families. No. But are two families for annoying reasons. The Dennings are the rich people who yes. own the manor, which is own the estate, which is Ted. Yes, and his daughter Deidre. Deidre. And then there are the Gideons. Yep. Who are Mandy? Mandy. Who is the uh, hunt organizer, the shoot organizer? Yes. Her son Will, who is the assistant estate manager, and her son Kyle, who yep. does other stuff around the estate, is angry. He's grumpy, but he wears a scarf. Yes. Now, Mandy and Ted have been dating for a long time. Yeah. Because he's been divorced for a long time. Yes. But they've never gotten married or even moved in together because, God forbid, the downstairs and the upstairs. Yes. Commit to each other. Because then how could Ted Denning make all of her sons work for him if they were part of his family? And there's this weird implication that Ted... Is abusive to both Daniel and Deidre. Physically abusive. At least to Daniel. Before yeah. Daniel died 18 years ago. Well, no, remember, Deidre talks to Mandy about how she felt like Grady. Because Grady's stepdad beat him. Yes. H- have you got the point that there are too many crazy people in this episode? So, Denning and Kyle come to the police station. Yes. To say... I know he's been out of prison for four years, and I know he served 18, but now we want you to run him out of the village. Yes. So I've... Okay, so this happened 22 years ago. Yeah. It so, happened. He died in 1994. So there's there's two things here. So it can't be that long. No. 1994, and this is 2011? Yes. So that's that's 18 years. Okay. Not quite. No. So... So there's two things about this particular scene that we want to talk about. The first one is about Jones. There is the implication. Well, it's not an implication. Jones says that he was there as a PC when they found the body. Right. Okay. Now, 
Jones first appeared in the show in 2005. Right. Okay. So he had already been a constable for nine years. 11 years. 11 years. Was he the worst constable? That's a long time to be a constable. (laughs) Very long time. Maybe he started out as as a community relations officer. And worked his way up to constable. They call him PC. Yeah, yeah, they do. They in the list in the death list. Jones is better than it's that. PC Jones, and he only manages to get his promotion basically because Barnaby goes, "Hey, you, I, I need a sergeant. Come here." Yeah. <laughs> Who did Jones tick off? <laughs> he seems like he's always been a good police officer. Yeah, but... and we see we Jones. Yeah, you know it's Wee Jones, or Young Jones, because his hair is pushed down over his forehead. He's got some fringe. He's got fringe. That's it. That's how you can tell when men get older, their fringe disappears. Moves back. The second thing is this machine in the lobby of the police station. There's like some kind of weird vending machine. It's not like a candy or a snack machine. No, it doesn't it, have like a glass front with no, a bunch of stuff on it. It looks sort of like a machine that you might buy stamps from. Yeah. Sort of. We don't know what it is. It Mostly because be. they've covered it in posters and yeah. flyers. It might be a place to get free needles. Or to get a parking pass. Parking ticket, maybe. Some kind of automated. Something. We couldn't tell what it is. So if, well, I have got a picture of it. We'll post yeah. it. If you know what it is, tell us. What is the vending machine in the cop shop? I also don't like in this episode that Kate is just basically exposition woman with no interesting things to say. That's kind of the role of a coroner in a lot of these shows. I know, but... She gets to be interesting in the next episode. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She says Harrison died not just of a heart attack, but of a morphine-induced heart attack. Yes. That he was injected with enough morphine to take down a horse. We find out later that this morphine that's being used on everybody was stolen from the kennels on the Denning estate. Because the Dennings run these sort of hunt things. Right. Right? Country pursuits. In other episodes in which hunting have been huge parts of the episode, hunting is like this, it's another Lego piece stuck on to an already it's, weird It's episode. what they do to make money. Yeah. Right? But there would not be morphine in a first aid kit in a kennel. No. Only a vet would carry it. And Denning's not a vet and Deidre's not a vet. So they wouldn't have morphine. And if they did, how did Gareth get it? And why is there that weird graveside thing? Where they kind Why of, did they bury him in the woods in the middle of nowhere? They all kind of come together and, you know, it was Deidre's putting flowers on the grave going, yeah, I killed you, but hmm. <laughs> don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead and all. Shh, don't tell anybody. Back in the morgue, we have a pretty good DB. The, the barrister is not a bad DB. Oh, he's got nothing on Grady, though. Oh, he's got nothing on Grady. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grady's definitely the best corpse. Yeah. We can give that away right now. Yeah. <laughs> but when Jones comes back to talk to Kate, when she's like ready to go, and the assistant in the morgue is cleaning that table. I got mom, mom, I got a part. <laughs> that table is covered in blood, and he's got like a little container of Lysol wipes cleaning it up. <laughs> You're going to need more than that, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that made me wonder, well, you know, what do they do? I always assumed that they had like um, a hose. Yeah. That they like spray the table. One it has would, a drain at the one end. I would assume. And then. That it's part of the plumbing. Maybe after that's done, maybe then they would, you know, go over it with some kind of disinfectant, kill, you know, bleach maybe. kind of thing to just get rid of we've any seen, microbial stuff. We've seen them use sponges before. Okay. A sponge isn't <laughs> hygienic either. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I wanted to look into how they, what they actually do. And Google was not my friend today. No. Um, so all I could find was stuff about how they wash the body. I'm like, I don't care about that. I want to know how they wash the table after the body's gone. <laughs> but what I did find out is that the official term for a, a morgue assistant is a deaner. A deaner? Yeah. That guy's a deaner. He's a keener deaner with those wipes. Yeah. He's going to have to be real keener if he's going to get that table clean. That's a total Canadianism right there. <laughs> but a morgue, a morgue attendant is called a deaner. Huh. 
D-I-E-N-E-R. Now you know. So we see the list that in 1995, these people are on, Mm -hmm. right? So Grady supposedly wrote this list in jail Mm -hmm. and was giving it to a solicitor, I think. No, I think they, they got it off of him. Yeah. Right. He had this hit list of people I'm going to kill after they put him in jail and they took it away from him and published it. Yeah. Now, seeing this list should tell you that Grady is not who he says he is. Oh, why is that? Because the list is written in all caps. But the for sale sign that he paints and tacks on the bridge isn't. That's not his handwriting. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. They were created by two different PAs. But all of the notes related to the case, like the one that goes underneath Jones's windshield, those are all written in the same hand as this list, this hit list. Yeah. So it's his, it's his writing. February, 1995. Giles, Ted, Caroline, Mandy, Will, Kyle, Judge Jared, PCI Lambert. DCI Lambert. DCI Lambert and PC Jones. Yeah, I'm going to get him. Get Jones. I'm going to get all those guys. And it's not just a regular night that he dies on. It's bonfire night. Why is it bonfire night? There's no reason (laughs) for it to be bonfire night except that the people at the big house have a dinner at 10 o'clock at night on bonfire night is it's that a thing mandy's birthday why is it mandy's birthday i don't know but poor mandy has the worst birthday party ever Shoot. even before they argue and ted's like no more oh, it's the worst dinner just they're just horrible. staring at each other Horrible dinner. Yay. Is that a Swiss roll in the middle yes. of the table there? Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're on to dessert already. That's what she gets to have for her dessert. Okay. Like, happy birthday, Mandy. Yay. I said no more. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and now, 45 minutes into this podcast, we get to Fred Burns. <laughs> right. Oi. Well, we don't even know who he is the first time we see him. Yeah. Right? It's not until Joan says, well, I've got to be in court tomorrow or later. Yeah. You know, and we're like, huh, court? Well, of course, we haven't even mentioned Jones's girlfriend and we're 45 minutes into this episode. Well, he goes to Isabel Gardens. Yes. Right? And stays over with Susie Bellingham. Yes. The firefighter. Now, you think that Barnaby's too nosy here. I do. If a boss did this to me, I would be a little like skeezy. If you weren't a police officer, I guess it's a little creepier than if you are. I don't think that Barnaby's being too nosy here because A, he doesn't follow him there. He just happens to see him, right? And B, I would totally look her up. (laughs) I would absolutely look her up. I mean, here in Bloomington, we have this countywide GIS system that lets you look up pe- by people's names or their address. You can yep. see their house on the map and like what they paid for it and what their taxes are yep. and whether they're current on them. And I look up people all the time because <laughs> I'm I just curious know, about where they live. What I want to know about her and where she lives is who is V. Harewood. Where's that? There are two people listed at that residence. Oh, then it's a, it's a um, semi-detached. I, I don't know. But uh, they live v, in the other part of it. V. Harewood, we get no V. Harewood. <laughs> you want to know about her neighbor? I do. <laughs> I don't care about our neighbor. Who's nosy now? Huh? V. Harewood isn't even relevant. Do you like her? Uh, she is likable and then suddenly unlikable. And it all has to do with Fred Burns. Well, of course it does. I don't like her because she comes out of nowhere. Yeah. We don't get to see him meet her. No, there's and, no romance. Like have affection towards her. She's no. just there. Yep. And then they're like kissy kissing. Which I'm kind of I'm happy for him. Like she seems all right. Yeah. But and that's a I job, feel kind of robbed. Like policemen and firemen understand each other yes. and understand their jobs. Yes. So that's a total natural thing. That would make sense. Though she's the only fire person in the entire county. The only lady for sure. Yes. We find out that that Denning was abusive. Yes. Right? And so were Grady's 
So it was Grady's stepdad or whatever. Yeah. Did you notice that when she steps out of the shower, her hair's not wet? <laughs> no. I was like... what? What is your thing about ladies in showers in this episode? <laughs> you thought Sarah wasn't going to take a shower. Now you're saying that she didn't take a proper shower. Well, no. I understand that sometimes you shower and you don't wash your hair. Mm-hmm. It's not like dudes that wash their hair every day, right? right. I understand that. But it gets damp. <laughs> it's really hard not to get your hair wet at all. Yeah. In the shower. Unless you wear a shower cap. Maybe she had a shower cap on. And they start canoodling. And there's, under the covers, canoodling gets interrupted by the phone call. And yet, they're both completely dressed. They don't know how to canoodle. Meanwhile, Barnaby's up in the middle of the night jamming to his bad music. 12.15. What is he doing up? I don't know. Reading his amazing Spider-Man comics. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting around in his boxers in that robe, showing a bunch of leg is what he's doing. Before... We go too far into that. I I need to know what you think of Deidre. Okay. So Deidre is... The, the, the only living child of, of the Lord of the Manor here. Yes. I dislike her immensely for a number of reasons. One, she's stupid. Like, okay. She's stupid for a number of reasons. One, <laughs> if you have a gun in your hand and you're going to kill somebody, shoot them. Don't. She's not trying to kill him. Okay. Second of all, the whole, like, Grady used to say, if something kills you, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. Everybody says that. Mm -hmm. Every liberal graduate (laughs) ever has said that. And say it to people like it's the neatest thing ever. Well, it's Nietzsche. Yes, it's the Nietzscheist thing. Why everybody in this episode acts like they've never heard it before. Yeah. The fact that he heard it twice, he's like, where did you hear that? Now I know who the killer is. Well, no. And she's involved with a drug dealer mm-hmm. and does drugs, mm-hmm. which is just like, oh, well, they do drugs. They're rich people that do drugs. <laughs> I think we're supposed to get the idea that she's shiftless. Yes. That she's a layabout. Yes. And she's a mooch. Yeah. And that... She's always been the Lord of the Manor's pretty daughter and has yeah. gotten away with whatever she wants. I get that, too. She's not unkind to anybody. No. But when she's like, I went to Oxford to like buy some pot or something. Yeah. Like, you're a little old to be acting like that. If she was 22, maybe. Yeah. But she's like 35 or something. Yeah. I, you mentioned the what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And that it's by Nietzsche. Do you remember that time we laughed so hard about Nietzsche? Yes. Because I said, what would you call it if Nietzsche had uh, poison ivy on his leg? Yes. It would be itchy Nietzsche knees. <laughs> itchy Nietzsche knees. <laughs> itchy Nietzsche knees. Which is so Ted Lasso. <laughs> it's just fun to say. It's not Epapa Upops, but it's itchy Nietzsche Itchy Nietzsche knees. Yes. <laughs> you say it, and then you'll laugh, too. Yes. It's saying it that makes it funny. Anyway, mm. the reason why I ask about her is because she and Kyle are in the powerhouse smoking pot for no reason at all. None at all. And there's several scenes of them kind of conspiring, and you don't know what they're conspiring about, and you think maybe they're the killers. Never. No, we don't think that. We just think they're up to something. And they're just talking about buying pot off of somebody. Yeah. It's just marijuana. It's not like, I, I, it's not gold bullion. I don't know what it is that they're supposed to be yeah. so sneaky about. It just, oh. Let's talk about petrol cans. Okay. Two fires happen, mm-hmm. right? So the first fire is at this woman's house. What is her name? Caroline Garrett. Caroline Garrett. And we she, never see her. We never meet her, but she was on the list and now she's dead. She's on the list and now she's dead. Yes. Okay. But then Grady's cottage is arsoned as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And that is done with a numbered gas can. <laughs> and it's not just that it's numbered. It's that it's from a shelf of numbered cans that are in order. One well, through 11. And there are green cans and red cans, right? No, they're all red. Okay. And, and are they all numbered? I thought there were two sets of numbers. Not that I saw. I okay. saw one through 11. Okay. There's two oh. shelves. Okay. It's like one through six and five through 11. Okay. Or seven through 11. Yeah, I don't know why they're numbered. I tried to look up numbered cans. No, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. It's something they did on the estate, I guess, to keep track of them. I guess. I guess. So so Gareth, the fitness instructor, sneaks onto the estate and steals one of these numbered gas cans, uses it to put pet- petrol through 
Grady's mailbox to burn the place down. Yes. Why? Now, these petrol cans are stored full in a building. Yes. Okay. Next to the tank of petrol. Next to the tank of petrol. Yes. Why do they do that? A lot of farmers have petrol tanks on their no, land. No, no, no. Why do the they put it tank, in little cans? I understand. I had a petrol tank on the original farm I grew up on. Yeah. Okay. That I understand. Okay. The taking it out of the petrol tank and putting it in numbered <laughs> containers against a wall seems stupid. That's not the biggest problem. Well, yes. The biggest problem is that now there's one missing. Uh-oh. So Will has to cover because he thinks Kyle's the one who tried to build, burn Grady's house down. Yes. So he quickly buys a replacement. A number nine. Can. That just happens to also be number nine. Number, number nine, nine is the one that's missing. Number nine. So he rubs some dirt on it and puts it back on the shelf. It's just dumb. Did he go to the hardware store and be like, I need a number nine gas can? Oh, you mean like the size? No, no, no. I need a gas can with a number nine on it. Also. I'm sorry. We only have eight, sir. I okay, realized, do you have a six? I can turn it upside down. <laughs> I realize the gas might have particular sediments and things like that in it, but it's not fingerprints or no, DNA. No, whatever truck delivers their petrol probably delivers to every farm around there. Yeah. So the first problem is that Will can buy a number nine gas can. Number okay? nine. Or he's super crafty and he's like cutting out a stencil in the parking lot, yeah. spray painting it on it. Yeah, yeah, I've got to fix it all. The second problem is, why does Gareth want to kill Grady at this point when all of his killing isn't done yet? Yeah, because... If he's using Grady as his false alibi that Grady can't be killing people? Because he's decided to stay. That's what they imply later. Oh, so because Grady threatens that if they won't let him sell his place, he's going to stay. Gareth... Has to... Kill him. Kill him? I guess. Why? Oh, there's no moments of him getting angry or like the anger of that comes out of nowhere. It's silly. There should at least be a flashback of the two of them talking where Gareth's like, dude, that's not the plan. And Grady's like, they won't let me sell it. Maybe I'll just stay. He's like, you can't stay, dude. You have to go. That's the whole point. Yeah. There's another thing with the gas can. Okay. How do they find the other gas can? PCPs a lot. PCPs a lot. <laughs> finds it. Almost pees on it in the woods. That's so unprofessional. It is. You can't just go peeing on stuff. Luckily, we seen him earlier too. Well, yeah, he he very definitively delivers a message. Yes. And then later gets knocked over with a car door. Yep. So he's competent. He 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 just is called PC. Yeah. But, yeah, he's in this episode for sure. He's trying hard. They get Grady out, but he's in a coma because he's inhaled too much smoke. Yes. And so he's now in the hospital. And Jones has to go to the court to court to testify against Freddie Burns. Yes. On a totally unrelated matter. Right. Intent to sell Class A drugs. To children. And Sarah just happens to be on she's, jury duty she, she's on jury duty for no reason at all just so other she, than can she can be see there Jones. it's weird so he can find out that his girlfriend used to date this schmo and that they she never mentioned it once. she should have mentioned it yeah she's... because he tells her i have to go to court for regina versus frederick burns she should have said, that I Freddie Burns? a guy named Freddie Burns. Is it the same Freddie Burns? Like, instantly, that whole thing is, like, I hate... Right there, right then, mention it. I hate plots about, like, okay, I understand that Breaking Bad is supposedly this great show, <laughs> but I cannot get over the fact that the entire plot is started because... He needs medicine because he needs cancer treatment, and he won't tell his wife. Yeah. So he goes and makes meth instead. Just tell your wife. Yeah. Well, Jones gets set up. Yeah. Because the barrister finds out. There are a million people in this episode, and there don't need to be. So we're left to think that Freddie told his... Barrister. His barrister, hey, he's dating. How does he know that Jones is dating her? Who knows? That'll undermine him. Yeah. Because we both dated her. Okay. But Jones's response is good. Jones stands up for himself. Yeah. He he does a good good. job. Yep. But I thought maybe Sarah was supposed to have jury duty so she could be there so that she could tell 
John about that, but John knows. Like I said, we love Midsummer. This episode has problems. There's cigarette butts by the cottage, so either it's Freddie or Deidre, because yes. they both smoke. Yes. It's one of them. We know it's her, right? Yep. It turns out to be her? Yes. Why? Because she... She loves him. No. But she doesn't. No. Why is she hanging out there? I don't know. I don't know either. Don't know. It's so confusing. Then Gareth, the fitness instructor, also the killer, brings Sarah home. Yes. And hits on her. The Randy fitness instructor. Her response is great. Yes, absolutely. But what does he think he's doing? Especially because Barnaby's there when he hits on her. And he's already met Barnaby, so he knows that Sarah is the wife of the man who is investigating the murders that he is committing, so he's going to take a chance and hit on his wife? He should be out of there like a flash. Yeah. Not wanting to be any more known to Barnaby than he already is. Yeah. Unless, you know, he's just got enough ego that he's like, you'll never catch me and I'll sleep with your wife. Yeah. Which, maybe? I guess. How many times in this episode are we going to say maybe? I don't know, I guess. Kind of. So we find out that Daniel died in Grady's house. Yeah. Grady finds him dead and thinks his dad has killed him. Yes. Because his dad used to beat him and he went too far. Yeah. So I'm going to cover it up by dragging Daniel's body out to the woods, burying him just in some leaves and putting the rifle he was hit with, but not shot with next to him in the woods. And And this is how he gets convicted. Touching all the evidence. Why would he ever try to cover up for Denning? There's no reason for him to cover up for Denning. He's supposedly, this is his friend that's dead. Denning is on his list. Yeah. He doesn't like him. He didn't like him before Daniel died. No. So why is he covering up? I don't know. Then he gets convicted of it because he touched everything. Now, if if he had seen Deidre running out and he was like, oh, no, maybe she did it. I'm yeah. going to cover for her. That would make sense. That would almost make sense that he would take the rap because yeah. he loved her. Right. But that's not what happens. No. I, I, it's just one of those. <laughs> I just keep shaking my head. I'm like, what? Huh? No, that doesn't. No, it doesn't help. That doesn't make it make more sense. I don't I don't know. So there's two references that come after this when we, once we find out Deidre is doing drugs and stuff. Mm-hmm. One is trailer trash. Yeah. Which I tried to find the origin of. Oh. I couldn't. Oh. It's like an 80s or 90s term that it really yeah. becomes. I didn't think it was a British thing. No. I thought it I, was an American thing. I was kind of stunned that a British person said it. Mm-hmm. And then Wormwood Scrubs. It's prison. Yeah. So it's a prison in London where usually you sit when you're on remand. Right. Before you go away for your final, where you're going to be for the rest of your sentence, right? When you're on remand. Syringe man has arrived at the hospital. How did he get a lab coat? How did he get a syringe? Why didn't anybody say, oh, that's the Randy fitness instructor? Like, And dumb PC gets injected in the neck. PC dumb is like. What's that over there? Wait, <laughs> wait a minute. I'm PC pees a lot. I'm not PC gets inject. Oh. <laughs> then does Gareth inject Grady while he's in the coma? Yeah. Is that how he dies? Because he hears that, that he's, he's been waking up. He's been waking up. Jones almost gets killed in the in, in the, the parking, parking lot. lot in a completely like. Uh, why is that scene even there? <laughs> Doesn't need. Because Jones doesn't why is learn. This really, why is this episode even here? It's got so many problems. They had to set up. They did. Like, that's a half-day shoot to do that. It's a car. It's a stunt driver. It's a stunt man. All to get no information other than that guy's out to get Pete Jonesy, too. Duh! He's on the list! He's on the list! <laughs> and wouldn't... I mean, he sees it's a silver hatchback, but he doesn't see the license plate? No. Or who's driving it. Well, I can understand not seeing the driver. You're looking at the bumper coming right at you. I guess. <laughs> but then the big twist brought well, uh, to you by Kate. 
Felton does a great, a, great, a good dead body, oh, dead body here. He's so good. He they is. kind of fling him around and his eyes are open and yep. his head flops around. Yep. He does, does a really good job. Yeah. Kate comes in and says, the DNA on Felton's body has come back and he's two people. Yep. And we're like, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. His fingerprints belong to Felton, but his DNA, somebody completely different. Well, Jones is going to get an email about this. Mallory was sentenced to life. For killing his wife. Yes. Do you know what her name is? He served 11 years. Yes. No? What's her name? Mallory. Her, her name was not Mallory. Her last Mallory. name. Was she Mallory Mallory? His, <laughs> his, name, his wife's name was Jane. Jane Mallory. Yep. That's a trivia question, man. That is some deep trivia. Oh, that's too deep. I wouldn't remember that. Yes. Jones's email. <laughs> So there will be a picture of this in the show notes. This is my favorite part of the episode, I think, is Jones's inbox. This and the Amazing Spider-Man, they're my two favorite parts of the episode. The subject line for Jones's email are the following. Yes. Re-re money out of account. Yes. Invoice from Crew Metalwork Limited. Yes. Applying for a VAT exemption. Yes. Income tax returns. From 2006 and 2007. Re-reapplying for VAT exemption. Yes. Who thinks up these captions? <laughs> Office parking and UK Forex daily commentary. Yes. This is not Jones's email. No. This is clearly the email of a PA from the show. Yes. <laughs> because... Crew Metalwork Limited are a Dublin-based company that build TV and movie sets. Yes. <laughs> and UK Forex Daily Commentary is a daily newsletter about currency and stock trading in the UK. Now, and, Jones could be on that one. But Jones would not be applying for a VAT exemption. No. You can't get a VAT exemption for stooping a firewoman. No. No. So they, all I can tell is that they forwarded... A bunch of emails, and they're all within two minutes of each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They forwarded a bunch of emails from somebody else's inbox and then made them look like they were to, They forwarded them to Ben Jones. Okay. Did you notice <laughs> the bigger problem with the email? No. They're looking in the sent folder. <laughs> well, he's only got like one thing in his inbox or something. He has 12 in his trash, <laughs> one in his draft... And two in his inbox, but this is the sent folder that is open. But he's reading the message that he's got back from the prison services about Mallory. Which doesn't say what he says it says. No. <laughs> uh, it is fun, though. Of course, I'm like... In our maniac way, it's fun. Of course, I'm like, you couldn't clean out those two emails from your inbox? <laughs> You've got two unread emails and you're sitting there looking at that. <laughs> Dude. Who writes these captions? Who writes these? Who thinks as up these soon, captions? As soon as I said, who <laughs> saw, who thinks up those, these captions, I'm like, oh, this is not Jones's email. <laughs> as soon as I saw that Crew Metalwork was a real company and what they did. Oh, yeah. Like, ah, uh, yeah. I, I looked them up, too. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is Crew email right here. Then we get to see Denning act like a bad character in a horror movie. Um, the police call and they say we need police protection because somebody's going to try to kill us. Yeah. They're sending police officers over now for our protection. But Jones gets there first. In the meantime, the power will go out. Da -da -da. Well, that's not suspicious. Da -da -da. So I'll leave the house in the dark da -da -da. to go restart it. At the power shack. Powerhouse. How can we not live in a house big enough to have a power shack? Um, because powerhouses were built on Victorian farms when electricity was only available via water or coal. Oh. And so okay. you had to generate your own electricity in a generator house called a powerhouse. We don't have one because we have the mains. Now I know. You don't want one because guess what you get to do? Shovel coal. Yeah. You get to feed that thing. But it's a creepy building anyway. And he goes out there. The police have just said somebody's going to try to kill you. So this is what I love about this. Jones arrives, says, oh, he's in the powerhouse. So he runs over to the powerhouse. After Jones arrives at the powerhouse and gets whammoed, right? And tied up. So let's give it 10 minutes. Yeah. The other police have arrived. Yeah. And they sit outside. Yep. 
Because Gareth is there with the big electrical cords. They don't know. Because uh, John looks in, he tells him to stay back. Before I'm that. I'm sure they could smell the gas. <laughs> Before that, they're all just sitting around There's in their car. petrol number nine on the floor. Yes, petrol <laughs> number nine. Petrol number nine. Petrol number nine. Um, yeah, the place is going to go up. Yeah. It Has he not thought about a lighter or... <laughs> Oh, no, it's way more fun to sever a cable as big as your wrist and be like, like Frankenstein. How is the power on and that cable cut? I don't know. How, and, how, how is there power in it if the power's turned off? And also, okay, that's a big cable. Yeah. The electricity that would go through that cable would easily arc the oh, two inches. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We don't hate Midsummer, I promise you. I know it sounds like it, but it's this episode, man. It makes you crazy. Deidre escapes. Why? She shoves PCPs a lot. She does. Well, maybe he's still getting over his morphine shot. <laughs> he's not super attentive yet. <laughs> PCPs a lot morphine shot. <laughs> itchy nichy. <laughs> and Here's another failed uh, Google search by Sarah. Gareth says, I bought a clean skin. Yeah. Meaning that he bought an identity, he, a stolen identity. Usually it's from like a, um, a baby Child who died, died. died shortly after yeah. birth, and, but they've been issued a social security number or an ID number of some sort. Um, nobody's looking for it. It's not been reported correctly. And so it becomes a new identity for somebody else. But man, you know, just... Try Googling information about clean skin as a term for a stolen identity. I literally found a page that had all those words on it for an acne medication that said that this medication would fix your skin so well, it would be like you have a new identity. (laughs) That exists. Like, man, people's. Can't search for anything. Can't find what I'm looking for. <sighs> and then Barnaby and Jones pass that pit and test. No, no, the no, end. no, no, Su- no. Oh. Susie, you should call me. And I have in my notes, but Susie never called. <laughs> never. And then Barnaby beats Jones, and the woman says, "Whatever kills uh, doesn't kill you makes you stronger." So she must be a killer too. or she's a Nietzsche scholar wait are you a murderer too (laughs) the end good god (laughs) mom mama got a part I'm on midsummer I'm peeing (laughs) or I play a fitness instructor who quotes Nietzsche (laughs) okay but it's not that it quotes Nietzsche that quote that idiom is so pervasive in mainstream culture oh yeah that it's it's not because you're smart or no Nietzsche. Or Nietzsche no, or you're anything. not quoting a famous philosopher. No. You're just using an idiom. Yep. And <laughs> like bikers have that across their back. Not that <laughs> bikers can't read Nietzsche, but <laughs> they don't have like Socrates embroidered on yeah. their vests or whatever. Best corpse. <laughs> nice corpse. We talked about it. Yeah, it's it's got to be Grady Mallory. Yep. <laughs> After the credits, Deidre is going to go to jail. Yeah, she killed her brother. Yeah, and, and admitted it. Yep. I just now realized it's Deidre and Daniel Denning. Yep. With Ted. Yeah, DD killed DD. Yep. And so now she's going to have to go to jail. Yep. Grady Felton, the real Grady Felton, Gareth, is going to go to jail. He's going to jail, too. Uh, Fitness Plus is looking for a new uh, instructor. Fitness instructor, yeah. Will and Mandy and Ted, I guess, keep running the farm? I guess. Mm. Will's pretty good at it. Meanwhile, Fred just cackles. Yeah, we didn't even talk about Kyle being killed, by the way. Oh, yeah, we just skipped over <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> it's, well, it's so stupid. He drives out in the woods and yeah. somebody runs up and sticks his neck. He says, oh, it's you. And then he gets yeah. stabbed in the neck. Yeah. Um, yeah. How does he know it's him? He wouldn't know the fitness instructor. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. oh, it's you, the guy from the gym. <laughs> 
What I want to know is how does Sarah respond to finding out that Gareth is a killer? I think she would make a kind of goofy comment like, oh, I didn't, I'm glad I didn't go out with him then. <laughs> One more reason why he couldn't compete with you, honey. Yes. I would never date a murderer. By the way, you should work out more. This is her first kind of, well, no, I guess the last episode is her first kind of something that you're into outside your job that ends up putting you too close to murder, Joyce yep. kind of thing. Like she should, because as we went over in the episode on Brighton, this many murders should upset her. And this, a murderer being almost in their house yeah. should upset her. Like knowing where she lives, she rode in his car. Yep. That would be scary. It smells like number nine gas in here. <laughs> and I'm, I know because I can tell the difference between nine and, and 10. I yeah. mean, I have it's a connoisseur's nose. <laughs> this smells like petrol from the, the Denning farm. <laughs> Not the Johnson's farm next door. This is definitely, it's got that. Let me taste it. <laughs> yep. That's Denning gas. We definitely. So bad. <laughs> Well, that is Murder of Innocence. Yes. Season 15, episode two. Murder of, murder with plot holes should be oh. what, it, what it should be called. I'm just sorry, because I, I hate it when we run into an episode that yeah. just has so many problems that it's hard to even be excited about it. Yes. It's so rare for Midsummer. Yes. And it is not the case with the next few. I know that for sure. Oh, no. The next episode is Written in the Stars. Episode 92, Series 15, Episode 3. Astronomy. Astronomy. And Kate is a bit crazy. Get killed with a meteorite. (laughs) It's a good one. Yeah. It's a really good one. Midsummer Maniacs can be found... On Twitter and Instagram and email at Midsummer Maniacs. And we're on the Facebook groups for Midsummer and Acorn and the subreddit for Midsummer Murders. Now, I, I want to make it clear that that's not our subreddit. No. It's not the podcast subreddit. No. Feel free to talk about other things on there. Absolutely. It's uh, not for just the podcast. But, it's for uh, the show. But yeah. And if you know what that vending machine is in the cop shop lobby let us know please let us know we're curious next episode 92 season 15 episode 3 all right until then bye maniacs bye maniacs so many bad movies you know like <laughs> can i put this in the end my criteria is that it has to have less than 50 percent on rotten tomatoes and less than five on imdb yeah or i won't consider it a horrible movie this had both yep it's which horrible. is why i used it last time <laughs> you're so disappointed i'm really disappointed because I'm so careful about that because I've almost done it before and I've caught myself by searching my notes <laughs> and I didn't do it this time because I'm like, Sean Connery's a cop on IO? No.